blasts out. So here's the thing. I'm not sure why they asked me to do this, but uh, we just got a brand new used refrigerator yesterday, and Sherry was cleaning as I left, and we need something to put on it so everyone knows magnets. That's what you do. So here's what we have. We have our blast magnet. Now, the good news is this one's mine. There's one for everybody here. You'll get them on the way out. But here's the thing about bless. So let's talk about that. I got to think about that some this week. Uh, B-L-E-S-S. Each letter stands for something. The first one is bless God and bless others. And so when you think about it, when you think about that's our 2050 vision for the next 30 years, nearly 30, we're going to bless God and bless others. As soon as you think about that, you realize we're not trying to be a consumer church. This is not about me. This is about blessing God, blessing others, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and being, and your neighbor as yourself. And so it gives us that focus on here's what we're going to be about. Here's the second thing, lovingly influence. What it means is we're not just here to fit in, but we are here to be what? Salt and light, to make a difference in this world. How do you do that? We do it by lovingly influencing those around us. Now, the next thing is E. It's equip. It's what we do. It's what we do in children's ministry. It's what we do in youth ministry. It's what we do through nourish. It's what we do in small groups. We equip others. We equip one another to serve the Lord faithfully. And that certainly leads us to the next one. Once we're equipped, we need to serve. And serving Jesus Christ is that honor and privilege that we have. It's a calling that all Christians have to serve one another. And finally, we want to be a sending church. One of the things that I'm, I'm really thrilled about what this church does is we raise up people who will serve the Lord sometimes in other churches in ministry, other times overseas in ministry, but we want to send people. We want to be an equipping church, and once we do that, we will be sending people out, and they will be serving the Lord wherever God calls them to go. So you've got this. Bless, you get the magnet right after the service, so everyone gets one. Everyone, if you have a refrigerator, there's a spot waiting. And so put that up. Now let's just pray as we set this vision for the next 30 years, what does it mean to bless God and others? Father, we do thank you for this vision that's come together through the, the leadership of this church. And it doesn't get old. And we're going to pursue that for the next 30 years and even beyond. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help this church to be faithful to this vision, to think about it, meditate on it, to remember it, pray about it. But, Lord, bless us for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Good evening, church. This week's Bible reading is taken from Psalm 145, verses 1 to 10. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. 
Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing out of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. Thank you, Kanina. We're going to come back to that psalm. We're going to look at a different psalm, but, but they all seem to be saying often the same thing. We're going to praise God. We're going to extol him. Those who know him, those who have been recipients, beneficiaries, objects of grace, we will praise the Lord. I want you to think about that right now. We will praise the Lord. Part of what we do in recognizing the goodness of God, the love of God, the faithfulness of God, is we come before him in prayer, we bring our prayer requests, and we know he will be found faithful. So what I want to do is give you a few moments to pray silently. If you have a, a personal prayer request, just bring it before the Lord. We always, as we've done, I should say always, since there's been an invasion in Ukraine, we've been praying for peace. We've been praying since there's been a threat of nuclear weapons for no nuclear weapons. Let's just keep praying for that. We'll pray for this church. We'll give thanks to the God, for he is good. His love endures forever. Pray with me now. Father, the psalmist has already told us what we wish to do. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day, I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise. Father, help us not to forget that we are called to be objects, people who praise you, instruments of your glory, that we were made in the image of the living God, We were made to have a relationship with you, to live in fellowship with you. Father, we recognize we have fallen away, we have rebelled, for all have sinned and come short of your glory. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so, Lord, we just want to give you praise that you loved us even in our rebellion. And you saved us from our sins. And you give us grace. Lord, we confess our sins. And we receive forgiveness. Lord, we also want to recognize that this is your world. And as we look around a very needy world, we recognize we need your grace, your peace, your hope. We pray for the people of Ukraine, the people of Russia. We pray that there would be an end of hostilities. We pray that it would not escalate. We pray for a peaceful resolution. We pray for 
the refugees, that they may return home. Father, we need your grace. Lord, we want to remember this church, and we thank you for Subi Church. And you've given us this vision. It's clear, it's simple, but it will take 30 years to keep working on it and even beyond. Father, help us to bless you and bless others. Father, we ask your blessing upon this church, not because we've earned it or deserve it, but because we belong to you. This is the church of Jesus Christ. So we pray for the leadership. We pray for our elders, our staff, our deacons, our amazing volunteers, that you would bless us for your glory. Father, we thank you that you hear our personal needs. Lord, we celebrate once again that you are with us. And now we ask that you would meet with us as we look at your word. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So I want to talk about hype. You know, hype is hot air. It's just building something up, and then there's that letdown that comes with it. You've hyped it up, and then reality sets in. So let me talk about the most anticipated, the most hyped movie ever in cinematic history. It was, of course, going to be a sequel, but not The Matrix or Indiana Jones or Godfather 3. But the most hyped movie ever was what? Star Wars Phantom Menace, Episode 1. Most hyped movie ever. So here's the poster uh, uh, announcing it, and everybody got excited because it had been about 20 years since the last Star Wars. Are you with me on this, or are we just, no, or we're just not part of that culture? Is that it? Okay. Okay, let me show you, because it was big at the time. I know you've been, you're over it now, but it was big at the time. So here's a crowd of people, and they're, they're lining up for the premiere of Star Wars. And the, you can't read that very bottom part, perhaps, but it says they're all lined up for the premiere of Star Wars, waiting, quote, to have their lives ruined. Let me give you a quote. This is from uh, whatculture.com, a website. It says this. To put it simply, the release of Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace, was the single biggest event in cinematic history when it was released in May 1999. Some of you weren't born. I get it. The, mostly anticipate, the most anticipated movie ever made. Fans were ecstatic at the prospect of returning to the world that had kept Star Wars at the forefront of popular culture for over 20 years until they saw it anyway. Okay, here's, here's what it did. It was the most anticipated movie ever, and it has the most hated character ever. Who is that? Jar Jar Binks. Here we go, right there. That guy, that guy is hated, uh, most hated character ever, most hyped movie ever. Isn't that nice? You got two, you got two things that ever, uh, and you got the greatest both ways. Now, I want to talk about worship, and I want to talk about, talk about praising God. And here's what we know. If you go to the Gallup polls in America, you see a declining attendance in America. It's very clear there's a declining attendance. We can take that guy off right now. Um, 
But you come to Australia, and we've had a recent census, and we, we recognize the attendance is declining in Australia as well. Now, what's happened? Did we hype it too big? Is praising God overhyped? Did we somehow tell people that if you come and worship and praise God, there's going to be this letdown? The goal I have for this message is not to hype worship. That sounds like a lot of hot air. It's not to somehow be a cheerleader for God. That's not what we do. What we want to do is think about what is the appropriate response to God? What is appropriate praise? Do we praise him during the good times? And we may think, well, that's easy. But what about the bad times? When is praising God the appropriate response? What we want to do, of course, is avoid some type of frivolous answers, emotional answers. What we need is, of course, is clear, biblical teaching, thoughtful answers to guide us. And what I'm going to do is give you three clues to where we're going to be going. The first clue is this word, everywhere. Second clue is this word, everything. Third clue is this word, everyone. Psalm 150 is the last psalm in this beloved uh, compilation of songs to the Lord. It is the final word, the last word, and it's going to tell us what you and I are called to do. So if you want to know your job description as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a worshiper of God, what is your job description? Psalm 150 is going to help you out. Turn with me there. Psalm 150, or look at the screen behind me. I'm asking you to stand if you're able. And hear the word of the Lord. I want you to observe, of course, there's going to be a phrase at the beginning and a phrase at the end, and they're exactly the same. It's a sandwich there. And then there's going to be a similar thought all throughout. Don't miss it. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is God's word. You may be seated. So here's the first point. Praise him everywhere. Praise the Lord. That's where we begin, the beginning of the psalm, 1a, and the end of the psalm, 6b. It simply says this, praise the Lord. And, and then we have where we praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Well, where is his sanctuary? Now, some have said, some commentators say, well, this is the heavenly sanctuary corresponding to his mighty heavens. But the context, if you look at the rest of the verses, the context is a catalog of musical instruments that are clearly related to earthly worship. So yeah, of course we praise him in his mighty heavens, but I take it that the sanctuary is where we are right now. In other words, a sacred place, and we use this room for a number of activities, but when we come 
And we come and make this a sacred place where worship is a meeting between God and his people. And this becomes a sacred place, and this is a sanctuary. Praise him in his sanctuary. And so we have the combination. Praise him on earth. Praise him in heaven. Derek Kidner, in his little commentary on this psalm, says this. So the call is to God worshipers on earth, meeting at his chosen place here, but also to his heavenly host to mingle their praises with ours. Earth and heaven can be utterly one in this. Heaven, or his glory, fills the universe, his praise must do no less. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. What are we called to do? We're called to fill this universe with his praise. It's very clear that's what he's asking us to do. Well, what's the substance of this praise? It's not a meaningless reason. We need to think about why should I praise God? What is the reason for my worship and praise? We praise him for his glory, for his acts of power, for his surpassing greatness. That's the essence of his glory, his acts of power, his surpassing greatness, for who he is, for what he does. He is great, and his works are wonderful. Now, I want you to think about, let this register, let this sink in when we talk about acts of power. Now, when we, as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to think about salvation history. We need to think about where we are in salvation history. What needs to come in when we think about acts of power? I want you to think about the power of the cross. Well, what's the power of the cross? The power of the cross is that power that is able to forgive you and me of our sins. Those sins past, those sins present, and even we recognize that Christ's death on the cross is the power that pays for our future sins. It is not an invitation to sin. It's just speaking of that power of the cross. His death on the cross has that power to forgive. Well, what about the power of the resurrection? Think about that great power. The power that raised Christ from the dead the power that will also raise you and me so that death will not have the final word. Death is something that you are not strong enough to overcome, and yet God's mighty power proclaims life, not death, to those who know him. Finally, I want to talk about the power of the cross. I'm sorry, the power of the gospel. Romans 1.16 for I am not ashamed, Paul says, of the gospel, because it is, notice that word there, the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And so when we think about God's mighty acts of power, yeah, we can think about creation, big, but salvation history. It reminds us of the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection and the power of the gospel. And we praise him for it. His surpassing greatness. I want to go back to uh, Psalm 145. And, and you see part of that, that greatness exhibited just in one verse, verse 8. 
The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. His surpassing greatness, his love, his holiness, his grace, his mercy. We have another screen. Let's bring up the, the next one, and we see this. As we see, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise, his greatness no one can fathom. So it just challenges us to think about his greatness, and we recognize, no, I can't figure it out. I will meditate on your wonderful works. The Lord is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. We praise him for who he is. Praise him everywhere. I love that thought. In heaven, God is praised. On earth, this isn't hype. This is what we do. We bless the Lord. We praise him because he is great and his power is awesome and amazing and we are objects of his grace. Praise the Lord. Here's the second thought. Praise him with everything. Let, let's look again at those three verses. And notice uh, we're using the with, so Praise him everywhere, heaven and earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Praise him with everything. And notice how he describes that, beginning in verse 3. Praise him with the sounding of trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. So notice there's eight instruments there. We've got the winds. We got the strings, we got the percussion. It's not intended to be comprehensive, but they're all pretty much there. We've got everything there, wind, strings, and percussion. Some churches have shied away from the percussion, but we're, we're doing okay with that. There's that repeated phrase, though. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Not just once or twice, but if you look at four verses there, Twice in verse 2, twice in verse 3, twice in verse 4, twice in verse 5. Now, are you missing this? Or are we gathering what he's calling us to do? Verse 4, with timbrel and dancing. Now, a timbrel is a small drum. Um, the ESV says it's a tambourine, but again, it's that percussion, and it would accompany in those days dance. Uh, one of the nice things about doing all-age worship is you get to do the movements. I'm terrible at those movements, but you know what? We get to do them because you recognize it's not just with our voices. We praise him with the instruments, with our voices, and even with who we are. Our physical bodies are called to praise him. Everything, with everything. Voices, instruments, even your bodies, you praise him and you honor him. Let me go over to uh, Revelation chapter 4 and just cite that for a few moments. But in Revelation chapter 4, a beautiful passage of Scripture, uh, John has this vision of what's going on in heaven, in the throne room right now. And centered around the, the throne of God are the four living creatures. And... What they are saying nonstop, day and night, right now, as I speak, as you sit there and listen, here's what they are saying. 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. They're always praising him. That's what they do in heaven, forever praising him. And then the 24 elders who surround the throne worship him, and they lay their crowns before the throne, probably a higher order of angels, and here's what they say. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being god is praised in heaven every moment non-stop that's how great our god is that's how worthy he is if you and i were in the presence of the lord say what what, what would we be doing in heaven well, I think there's a variety of things, but a big part of it's going to be our, our praise and worship and adoration. We get to join. Notice the physical things. Their voices, the elders are the 24 uh, elders fall down, and then they lay down their, their crowns. The issue of this of appropriateness. What about in trying times? How should we respond? Look over at Job chapter 1. Recently we had a, a nourish on Job, but you can't, just can't get over this passage. Job 1, beginning in verse 20. So Job is the, the prototype. He's that, that image of suffering, human suffering. But you notice how Job responds when he is afflicted. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Again, a sign of mourning. Then he fell to the ground in worship. So there's physical worship going on. And said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. What Job reminds us of is something we all know. We enter this world with nothing. We leave this world with nothing. All these things that we accumulate, we don't take them with us. But what we have forever is our God, and we worship him forever. The great C.S. Lewis talked about the appropriate times to worship, and he says this. We ought to give thanks for all fortune. If it is good, because it is good, that's easy. If it is bad, because it works in us patience, humility, and the contempt of this world. In other words, not, not hatred, but recognizing this is not my home. I am not going to get too comfortable here and the hope of our eternal country. In other words, even when it bad, it recognizes this is just temporary. This is not where I live permanently. Where I live permanently is in his presence. That's my eternity. That's my eternal home. We do not praise God for all circumstances. We praise God in all circumstances. Praise him with everything. So when we give, when we serve, when we worship, 
We praise him. Here's the third point. Praise him, or who's supposed to praise him? Everyone. Verse, five, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The text literally says here, let all breath praise the Lord. In other words, every voice is called to praise the Lord. One of the things that should be sad for us is when we look around and we see this is dearth of praising God. There's just not that much going on. Now, you can fill big stadiums with sporting events, and you get people out for big-time entertainment. You see these massive crowds. But what about those who are praising God? That all breath praise the Lord. The emphasis is on all, and breath, of course, is associated with life. Now, uh, some of you may know I, I have an Apple Watch. I'm not that proud of it. It's an old one. But, but one of the things it has is a feature is this. If I'm ever so focused, and you know, sometimes I'm reading something or I'm reading off the Internet or whatever, and for whatever reason, I, I haven't taken a breath for a while, it'll, it'll remind me to breathe. I mean, isn't that great? My watch cares about whether I live or not, so it reminds me to breathe. So it's, it's a nice thing. It's a nice feature. I don't mind that when I see it. I try to avoid that, but when I see it, I think, yeah, that's a good idea. Breathe. Breathing is good. So my Apple Watch cares about my breath. Psalm 150 cares about what I do with my breath. Did you get that? Psalm 150 cares about what I do with my breath. What does it want me to do? Praise the Lord. As long as I have breath, I pray that this is true. As long as I have breath, may I use it for his glory, to praise him. Now here's, a, here's just a nice application. You can do it right now, right where you are. So everyone with me, everyone take a nice deep breath. You ready? Take, breathe in. Want to hear it? Now breathe out. Good job. You know what you did? Just prove that you have breath. And what is the application here? All that has breath, and you prove you have it, everybody here, everybody, here's your application. Praise the Lord. That's our job description. We're not here to be critics. We're not here to be spectators. We are participants. Did you notice that? If you have breath, you are a participant in praising the Lord. It's not dependent upon my circumstances, right? We just said that. It's not dependent upon your circumstances. Good or bad, not dependent upon your circumstances. In all things, we praise the Lord. What's the only condition? That you have breath. As long as you have breath, Praise the Lord. I'm going to conclude with a few thoughts. Some of you like movies. You recognize movie releases can be disappointing. A lot of money spent, a lot of hype, overhyped, underwhelming. Psalm 150 reminds me that worship is my sacred calling. 
when I come and I'm truly entered, engaged with the presence of the living God, I will never tell you, oh, it didn't meet my expectations. You see, I'm not there to be a spectator or a consumer. I am here to praise the Lord. And when I'm there engaging with the living God, I never go away thinking, well, that was a bit disappointing. That, that really didn't meet up to my expectations. What do you mean? I'm not a critic. I'm not a spectator. I am a worshiper. One of the things I will miss is not being able to be in all three services. I guess I could, but you know what I mean. I kind of have to be here. But, but doing it is a great joy to be able to praise God and worship in this group. And then on Sunday morning, two times, oh, what a privilege. What a privilege. Psalm 150 reminds me that worship is my sacred calling. I've said what I want to do in these last few weeks for me is to talk about some personal psalms. And this one's very personal because I have a sacred calling, but I'm going to ask you to share this psalm with me. Make it a psalm of your life. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Make that a psalm of your life. I'm going to give you one of my favorite quotes. It goes like this. Praise is the one thing that we who have nothing can give to him who has everything. I mean, what can, what can we give him that he doesn't already own? He creates all things. But here's the thing. It's the one thing that we who are created and he has ultimate ownership over everything, it's the one thing that we can give him. And he asks us to praise him. Here's the one thing you need to think about. Your life. You get to be a worshiper. You're called to be a worshiper. We are privileged to be worshipers. Throughout our lives, as long as God gives us breath, we will praise the Lord. Now think about your life and the challenges that are before you. Some you know, some you don't know. The obstacles, some you recognize, some you haven't seen yet. The uncertainties, they're there. And here's what I'm asking you to do. Determine right now, right now, as long as God gives me life, breath, I will praise the Lord. It's the final word in the Psalms. And it's the final word to us. We praise the Lord for who he is, for what he has done. He is worthy of our praise. We will not withhold it. We will give him our praise. Pray with me. Father, in the quietness of this moment, we just want to worship you for who you are. For your glory. For your amazing power the power of the cross that forgives, the power of the resurrection that gives life, the power of the gospel that saves, 
Lord, we recognize all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus Christ has had mercy on our souls. You are slow to anger, abounding in love. Your grace, your mercy never ends. Father, I pray that your praise would never end. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So we've talked about praise him. And if you notice in Psalm 150, only one time does he say for. Most of the time it's with. But in verse 2, praise him for. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. When we come to the Lord's Supper, it's often called the Eucharist. It is thanksgiving. It's giving thanks. We thank him for the power of the cross. We thank him for the power of the resurrection. We thank him for the power of the gospel that saves us. And then... We thank him for his surpassing greatness. Who is a forgiving God like our God? Who is a God that is love, mercy, grace? We praise him. As I said, uh, one of the things when we talk about praise, it's, it's not just with our voice. It's physical. And Jesus Christ gives us a, a physical elements, physical. And we physically partake of the bread and the cup. It's part of our praise and worship. It's the Eucharist. We give thanks for that great salvation. We give thanks for our God and his love for us. Who's invited to the Lord's Supper? But you recognize if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, in other words, you've put your faith and trust in Christ alone. No one comes because you deserve it or earned it. No one has. We've all fallen short of God's glory. But the good news of the gospel is this, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, so no one should boast. This is not about boasting. This is about receiving grace and giving thanks for that if that is who you are you are indeed that follower of christ jesus the lord's supper is for you it's intended for you if you've never put your faith and trust in christ jesus i, I want you to know the love of god the grace of god it's there it's offered in the gospel whoever believes whoever puts their faith in him will have this glorious salvation until you put your faith in him, we'd ask that you not partake of the Lord's Supper. It is intended for those who are simply here to give thanks for grace and love. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Take a moment to confess your sins. Take a moment to praise God right where you are. Recognize when you praise him, you're joining with the heavenly angelic host. We surround him day and night.
praise him for his magnificent glory. We are the recipients of the power of the gospel. Lord Jesus, we confess those thoughts, words, deeds right now. We don't hide them from you. We don't deny that we did them. We just bring them to the cross. And we receive forgiveness. As we approach this Lord's Supper, we do it with praise, adoration, thanksgiving you've been merciful to us. Remind us, please, of grace. Remind us of the love of God. Remind us of forgiveness. Remind us that you are worthy of all praise and glory. In Christ's name, amen. As we have our time of communion, We'll ask those on the side to go to the side in the center. You can come to the center. So let me ask the first five, ten rows, go ahead and stand and you can come. Please take the elements and bring them back to your seat. We'll hold them and then we'll protect together in just a few moments. Romans 8, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Is God who justifies? Who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who has raised the life and is at the right hand of God, and has also interceded for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We've thought about worship in heaven. We've thought about worship in the sanctuary. I want you to go in your mind to the upper room. Jesus meets with his disciples. It is the eve of his betrayal, he will be crucified the next day. He establishes what we do right now. We have not forgotten. Jesus gives him the bread. And he says, this is my body. Take in remembrance. Let's take together. He gives him the cup, his new covenant in his blood for you and me. Take in remembrance. Please pray with me. Lord, we want to come before you with thanksgiving. We want to come before you with praise. We recognize we have a calling to praise the Lord. It is a high calling because we have been saved by grace through faith. And it is our privilege and joy because you are an amazing God, slow to anger. Your mercy, 
Your love is never ending. You are worthy of our praise right now. And as we join our voices, we want to do it as an act of praise and worship to you. In Christ's name.